This is the Extremist Podcast. I am your host, Alex. Um, I'm the center position. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube or any other uh, platforms to, with which there is video as well as audio, you can look at your screen at any time and you'll see next to our names um, the position with which we lie. So, for instance, August is lib left, Ava is off left, etc., etc. Um, if you're listening to this on audio only, um, welcome to the podcast as well. Again, my name is Alex. You'll be able to sort out whose positions are where and whose names are whose as we continue and we have more episodes. So feel free to um, move to YouTube or look in the description of this podcast in order to get a good idea of who exactly is who in terms of the political spectrum. Um, today's episode and future episodes are sponsored by the listeners, including you. Um, feel free to support our social medias. Support us on multiple platforms. We're going to be we're on Instagram. We have a Discord. Everything like that will be on a link tree that I'll have set up. And uh, by the time this episode comes out, and you'll be able to click that link tree, and you'll be able to access again our Discord, our Instagram. I don't know if I want to make it Twitter because Twitter is kind of a cesspool um, of men, of just yeah terror. I just hate Twitter so much. I fun fact I got Twitter I got canceled off of Twitter by a girl I was talking to because I said it's legally okay to say retard. Anyways. That's fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, leave free speech up to the market. Yep. And that was that oh. was very entertaining. It's Twitter. You you can't say naughty words on Twitter, but you can post gore and porn. Okay. I don't know what's up. Yeah, I, I hate Twitter. But we might have a Twitter. But <laughs> well, again, no, there will be a YouTube, uh, multiple podcast platforms, Instagram, all that. Uh, feel free to follow us on any of those platforms and continue listening. And today's topic, at least to begin, is the Portland situation in Portland, Oregon, the United States. Uh, we are all American. If you aren't from America, um, does somebody here want to give like a brief description of what's exactly going on in Portland? And Kalmistan. Yeah. And Kalmistan. Um, August, would you like to explain it? I feel that like August has a very strong opinion on what's going on, so take it away. All right. So I'm going to try and give this as unbiased as possible. So, um... Basically, uh, with the Black Lives Matter protest kind of uh, progressing with its uh, intensiveness, um, there was just a more intense response from the government as things got more and more violent, and it escalated eventually to uh, undesignated, uh, like unmarked police forces, just kind of like taking people off the streets and uh, there was a lot of confusion about it uh, recently it was actually discovered that that was the customs and border protection agency that has just been recently militarized and like increased funding so that it could actually like, do stuff like this and um i guess protests are just kind of keeping going on and then at night is when it really just uh, heats up uh Spicy. yeah and we're on day what like 26 27 of this all officially I, no I think of the of the military. I don't know how long it's been going I don't know on, how long it's been going stopped keeping track I don't know <laughs> I mean with everything going on right now it just seems like days and weeks kind of all run together so yeah. right like we've been in quarantine for a little bit, like four or five months now it's insane I mean quarantine. like right have some crazy things happened this year and it seems like they happened five years ago but um this stuff in Portland is pretty crazy because um, it all started back um, with an Obama act uh, which allowed pretty much the uh, feds to um, pretty much kidnap and detain any American citizen for any length of time for, with no charges at all. And so, which I was going to say that libertarians back when it came, came out was very against this. And then now you can see it happening against mostly 
socialist, libertarian left, uh, authoritarian left people. So, which as a libertarian, I've seen different stuff on this, but to me, I think it's wrong anytime the Fed kidnaps and detains people without cause. So, um, yeah, without cause is one thing, but I don't know. With cause, it makes sense. But I think all of this has gotten a bit out of hand. And by a bit, I mean a lot. Right. I don't know. The cause is you're a communist. Yeah, like, even with cause, though, like, all the rules that are set in place, it's just kind of ridiculous that this is what the government's going to. Like, it just, like, as soon as things started, like, shit starts to hit the fan, they just throw all that out the window, and they're just like, all right, guys, we're just going to start snatching up off the road. Say bye-bye to your rights now, because you had a bad thought. Right. Yeah, and it's um, not even... The biggest thing to me is that the Fed came in without the state or the city giving any type of consider like they didn't say hey can you come help us the, the city had already decided listen we're not gonna we're gonna allow these protesters to do what they want to do is if that's right or wrong that's really we can discuss that but it's definitely wrong for the federal government to come in without any warning and under a kind of bullshit law started doing this Oh. See, like, in all fairness, I would be kind of, like, wary as to, like, what the actual intents of, like, the mayors would be. Because, like, I've seen a lot of memes uh, recently um, where a uh, mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, was saying that uh, under no pretenses would she let federal agents into the, uh, the city of Chicago. And then, like, next day, there's, like, headlines. The uh, Chicago mayor was letting them in. So I'm not sure if maybe it was just, like, <laughs> they just kind of turned around or not. Right. But There's that really good video of, um, I think it's a federal agent, and he's just standing there with, like, a rifle and stuff. And there's a protester, like, doing that thing. You know how when you're a kid and you, if you have siblings and they kind of do that thing where they almost hit you, but they don't? Yeah. And she's kind of yeah. yeah, and she's kind of yeah. doing that to him, and he just picks up his rifle and cocks it and points it at her. And people laugh, and it, it's hilarious. But, like, at the same time, it shows... Because I, I had mentioned that to a friend, and he was he laughed, and then he stopped, and he was like, actually, that's really concerning. Because it is. Um, it's a, Yes, it was something that Obama signed in, and I think that a lot of people didn't fully realize it when the Portland situation blew up. And I've been mentioning it in conversations with friends and that sort of thing, and they were all very surprised that Obama signed it in. Um, and I guess that somewhat fits into the idea of you know horseshoe theory or the idea that... Um, both sides are kind of the same, or two sides of the same coin, or both even authoritarian right in a lot of ways. But in, in the idea of the mayor, because I think it was August that I mentioned Authoritarian the right is so large that... <laughs> it yeah, does encompass a lot. Yeah. Monarchism, Nazis, theocrats. Islamism, inshallah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's so, there's right so much there. Yeah. Like right beside right. each other. But... You have a lot of stuff in there. And I think that the, the idea of mayors is interesting because we've seen the Portland mayor since the beginning. He is very left, right? I believe he is oh, yeah. a socialist. Yeah, he's been and the, uh, he's been the... bending to that, like, mob, right? I'll call it the mob because I've been talking a lot about, like, mob thing. Um, he's been okay. bending to that mob. And it's funny because he went to go protest with them the other night, and they were just still in his face, still mocking him constantly and telling him he's not doing enough and he's a terrible person. So I think that it's interesting that how far does someone need to go who's a public figure or a politician before the mob will accept them? Literally, hey. uh, was... King Louis of France protesting uh, with the protesters against him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there was the 
I know he got the mayor actually did get tear gassed. Um, ah! <laughs> he, yeah, he um he went to one of the protests and he got tear gassed. But at the same time, he was also asking the protesters to stop um, doing what they're doing to the federal building. I, I saw some uh, stuff on this, but pretty much he told them to stop, and then people were like, "Pretty much, fuck you." No, we're not going to stop. Um, I mean, I appreciate like all of the effort that's going into the protest, but I just feel like overall it needs to be a lot more organized because people are just going out and doing whatever they want. But like you know, just needs to there just needs to be more of like a basis and like a ground for here's what we're going to do. Here's exactly how we're going to do it, and I feel like that's just not there, and it's causing more harm than it is good. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I think I'm seeing a lot of off lefts um who are saying that and they're like if you want to protest and you want to go against the government you should definitely be more organized and i agree i yeah. don't yeah. necessarily support it but i agree it's the same thing with like the impeachment right right i thought it was a waste of taxpayer dollars i thought it was absolutely. a waste of time because it wasn't going to happen and i was right, saying absolutely. that from the beginning if you want to, to get him out of office, you need to come up with an idea that will actually work, and you can't waste the taxpayer dollars, because when you do that, they get more upset, and they'll go more towards what you're, they'll drift more towards the ideas you're trying to fight against. Yeah, like, to address that, though, like, it sort of comes from, like, a childish understanding of how, like, government systems actually work. Like, everyone, like, like to go back to the Portland mayor, where he's out there protesting with them, people have to realize that, like, a systematic issue doesn't stop with the figurehead. Like, you can impeach Trump. It doesn't change the fact that, like, the Senate's still controlled by Republicans. And they're just not going to pass shit, even if there was a Democratic president. Exactly, and if that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was just, when all of it was going down, I was just thinking, well most of the government is still republican controlled and a lot of it is like based it wouldn't be in, different like, if it was democrat controlled right they're they're the parties are the so similar party. right just so similar like whatever you do you can't just vote and make everything better in my opinion like everyone's like oh you need to vote for who you want to do to get people into power so we can really make a change but that's just it's not gonna happen i'm sorry but if you want change to happen you just have to do more I mean, you've seen it all throughout history with the Russian Revolution, and I mean, that's the one I focus on most, obviously, but, you know, you just see it very often. Voting just doesn't work. <laughs> right. And I think that also had to do with uh, whenever the people in Russia wanted rights, Tsar uh, Nicholas just gunned them down. And I think that's the same way that uh, the government here is, not to the same extent, but right. they're handling this very badly. I don't support what uh, the government is doing, but I also don't support the protest. I think the government has been handle handling this very poorly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can see that um, because when the government came in to Portland, there was maybe a couple dozen protesters. Like, and you saw them getting, and you saw them getting kidnapped into unmarked vans and taken away. Um, and then the people of Portland were like seeing this shit and they said, nope, we're not going to deal with that. And that's when you saw the thousands come out. And to kind of refute your point, I think they are kind of organized in a way because you mostly see them come out at night. They attack one federal building. They mostly, they, from what I've seen, there's not been a lot of uh, rioting as it, and looting as we've seen in other places, kind of like uh, uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. But it's mostly just been, we're going to focus on these federal agents and try to get them out. And they're going to continue tear gassing us. And it's just going to be this huge fight in between. But so I can see them as a kind of organized. Right. Enough going, here's the common enemy. 
let's get him out. Um, I think the way that I view it is I believe in a very kind of centralized with government and other things as well. And I think it's just split off into several different groups. And I believe that everybody just needs to band together and form an overarching... The Boogaloo! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you guys see the, um... So, this dude, uh, when the police threw tear gas, the dude pulls out a freaking um... A leaf blower. To oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw a meme about that. That was great. Well, if you've been watching the uh, Hong Kong riots, which have been going on for now, uh, for a year now, um, those people like have been Hong Kong. blowers. Uh, they figured out exactly how to take down tear gas by putting a uh, traffic cone over it and pouring water down the top. Like, they figured it out already. They're using boas and arrows against the Chinese guns. See, I oh, think yeah. this is actually, um, it gives a very unique look at, like, what we're doing now. You can actually, like, almost, like, beat for beat match this back to the Haitian Revolution because, like, uh, I think it was, like, 1809 is when they actually achieved their independence from Spain. The Haitian Revolution they were, was based as frick. It really was. But, like, uh, the main leaders of that revolution were people who had already done revolutionary activity in, like, the other islands in, like, Jamaica and areas like that. So I feel like if we can continue to learn from places like Hong Kong, places like France that have already basically been, like, rioting for years before yeah. we have, it'll just, like, overall result in more change just like how it did in, like, in the past. See, I think I just need to add this. When you get all of the extremists agreeing on something, you know it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think well, Hong I think Kong there would have been other thing. off that would disagree with Oh, definitely. Idea. I think there oh, would be a lot of off There would be a lot of liberites, a lot of them pretending to be liberites when really they're off um, I know a lot of there are against it, too. Yeah, it's, they are. And I'm seeing a lot of off-lefts who are, like, against it in the sense of it's not... It's... It's not the right. Kind it's of not revolution. the right kind of revolution, and I think we saw that with like Chaz slash Chop, whatever you want to call it, where like yeah. they broke away, and I saw floods because I try to follow people from all over the, the political spectrum, and sometimes yeah, I, I see right. some frankly weird shit. But like a, a big <laughs> yeah. argument was um, something to the extent of they're not doing it right, and it's gonna fail. Right. I thought that was an interesting thing, and, it, and then of course it, it did fail, and. I think everybody like... knew it was going to fail. I don't think the failing part was ever in question. It was just how long it would take. How long it would take. You know? See, I feel yeah. like people have to realize it this lasted longer than I thought it would. This isn't the 1917. This is the 1905. Like, it's still reaching a boiling point. It's not really there right. yet. Right. Love I, how kinda, of... I love how you just tied that back. 1917 was like the cooldown of the war. Oh, no, I'm talking about like the Red Revolution. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I don't really give a fuck about the war. <laughs> I y'all are just getting me excited, like hyped up. Like if y'all are comparing this to the Russian Revolution, I mean, count <laughs> oh me. My God, one communism. A lot of libertarians during that war, live right. I have been against. Just, it's kind of weird because it, there's a big split because I follow a lot, and even um, I don't know if y'all saw the uh, the guy that got shot in Austin, Texas. Was that the? Um, was he? Wasn't he like a black Republican, or am I thinking of someone else? No, 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 no. This was the uh, the white guy with his uh, his wife was black. It was a black. Um... Oh, he had his rifle, right? Yeah, you were talking about the guy with yeah. the AK, right? Or, yeah, with the AK. Yeah. And there was a huge. I mean, I follow a lot of live right and anarchist uh, Instagram pages, Ooh. but there's a huge split anarchist. between. Anarchist. 
<laughs> yeah. In our case, okay. It's the best. Someone just like try to run it and run his or his wife over or run him over. Yeah. So a car ran pretty much ran a red light, but it was turning right. So he turned right into a red light, into a protest. So there's a march protest. That's illegal though. You can turn right on red if the coast is clear. If the, again you have to <laughs> or stop and then you can go, but he didn't yield. You could see him come straight in, and he ran into the the protesters. And this guy who was a libertarian and a boogaloo boy by all stretches, you can the boog boy. And he stepped in lie. front of his wife, who was um, who was an amputee, and he stepped in front of her. And the guy saw that and shot him five times, and oh. then he died. And then the driver drove off, and the uh, his the guy that got shot's friend shot at the car. Well, there was a huge split in the libertarian community about is this justified or is this not? And it's, I kind of see that all over. I mean, it kind of happens in each of these quadrants, but yeah. how divided even within our own different quadrants everything is right. right now. Absolutely. I see that all the time, especially with authoritarian left, because you have, like, the left comes, you have the Nazbulls and the Juche gang and like you know I cannot Left comes on their way to do absolutely nothing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no and then you have like your Marxist Leninists who are like borderline libertarian but like not quite like oh, that's that's kind of close <laughs> but it's just under no just... pretext I, I agree with that one under but, no pretext should good. any worker be disarmed for any in any way. Yes, give exactly everybody, goes. arm base, everyone. Base this frick. Arm everyone, therefore no. we can have an easier time taking over the I government. I think Just that's say. interesting. Is like I've noticed, we have like conservatives and then also like far rights and stuff like that, and they're hating liberals as much as far leftists. Like, well, their because, anger is okay, very, okay, very, okay. very similar. I think it's very If we're getting into that, then we have to understand that, like, literally for the past, like, five to ten years, America has completely misused the word liberal to mean leftist. And, like, we're only just now coming out of that coma. And it is, like, no, it is no, great I, to come until, out of there. But until, like, fuck. until, like, five years ago, there was, there was no such thing as a leftist in America. You are mental. Yeah. I feel like it really blew up in, in 2016 like, when we saw, like, Bernie... And I don't like Bernie. I, it, without it getting too much into it, I, I, I don't like him. Like uh, unlike so. my rank of like politicians, I like to. I don't like. Obviously, I don't like a lot of politicians, but he's like yeah. down there, and like right below him is AOC. I fucking hate AOC. But that's a whole yeah. separate. That's a whole separate rant that I'm not going to get into right now because she said things like, "You can be a capitalist and a socialist at the same time." No, you can't. No, you I mean, can't. They're, they're state capitalists. As this, as I know, but system. she just okay. socialism <laughs> and capitalism. Just those two ideas. You can be them at the same Didn't time. She say like everyone is unemployed because or people are unemployed because everyone has two jobs. No, she said unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of like a really yeah, stupid. How does that comment. even? That doesn't even make sense. My brain hurts. Yeah, she has the economic yeah. literacy of like an of like a middle schooler. But that that's like besides the argument i do agree that like we're coming out of that idea of liberals are leftists and that's kind of yeah. being split and we see a lot of yeah. like republicans mainly republicans who are saying they're liberate but they're off right oh yeah, yeah. and it, it that annoys There's the shit out of me maybe two libertarians in the republican you have justin mosh um 
Ben Blech. Shapiro. <laughs> I feel like I feel like every guy who isn't left has a Ben Shapiro phase, and then he just oh, needs to grow out. Oh, no, of no, 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 no. The leftists also have Ben Shapiro. Yeah, phase. and you have like a Ben Shapiro phase, and then you yeah. just you just have to grow out of it. And there's some guys that just don't grow out of it. If you don't have a Ben Shapiro phase, I think there might be a little something wrong because I had a Ben Shapiro phase, and now I'm like so against everything that he stands for. <laughs> Let's say for transfer appeal of hypothetically kind of... liberate wins again. Like if I'm like about to fall asleep if you have in to class. Say hypothetically, if the, you if you have to raise a hypothetical situation in a debate, it, all the time, you're not a good debater. I'm just like he's, he's always been a terrible debater. If you look at like Absolutely. how he actually phrases his questions, like everyone like in 2016, they're like, "Oh yeah, guys, own the feminazi." But then like three years later, when you actually Dude, go through it, to read what he's saying, because what he does is he kind of overwhelms his, I guess, his opponent. And I, you see that with people all the time when you're having arguments with people. There's this fucking Dude, they, they, he, he speaks he just, so fast. He speaks fast, him. and he over he overwhelms a lot of information. So there's a lot of people who can't handle that because they don't know which part of the argument to address, and they don't know how I mean, to centralize their false anyway. I, I was what? talking to a friend and they, they I said that Ben Shapiro was a bad debater and they they said I spend way too much time around liberals. Like if I fall <laughs> like if I'm in class and I'm bored out of my mind and I like I'm about to pass out, maybe I'll put on a Ben Shapiro wrecked compilation libtard yeah. thir- number thirty four. Well, like maybe and I'll just like half listen to it as I pass out because I need something to listen to while I fall asleep. It was like back in like twenty fourteen, whenever he had the uh, the gun gun control debate with Pierce Morgan. And that's pretty much like oh that was got. really good I yeah that and so was a good he had like a couple bangers like back like back to back he had pierce morgan and then he had um uh that debate he had the debate with um the young turks and so he had a couple of them like in a row and everybody was like oh this guy's like he's kind of being real factual he says these kind of cool things and i think he went from like people kind of looked at him something different than what he actually was right and it kind of like I had a, I had a phase, and I still listen to him sometimes, even though like I'm totally I'm an anarchist, and I like I get pissed when I listen you're to him. Like, you're saying the most retarded things. <laughs> like he'll just he'll just straight up like be like yeah uh like he it was justified that that guy should, should die or like I mean he didn't say that exactly but he justifies people being killed by police because the police need to be like respected and he, he like said i know that he, he, he says he's a classical libertarian and then you like you see his political compass results which i feel like whenever you take the political compass you should take your result and then move it a little bit to the right and then a little bit up oh, right absolutely. i feel like that's fair and now. he's like <laughs> he's like asbol and juche range and i really don't want to he's like very very right economically but he's like Oh, he's like just liber- He's just authoritarian enough to be See, authoritarian. Yeah, I, but it's also the Ben's, compass. So, yeah, looking yeah, at I, I hate that um, uh, look, Looking at like what like the things he's actually said. Like I feel like there's something to be said about his contemporaries. Like uh, for instance, Milo Yiannopoulos. I was actually like I was watching a documentary of like the rise and fall of Milo Yiannopoulos's uh, speaking career earlier today, and it was like it came out like months afterwards that he was just getting paid to say the most inflammatory stuff possible but like 
when you look at what uh, he was saying compared to what Ben Shapiro was saying, it wasn't really too far different. So, like, where do we really draw the line between, like, people who are trying to be entertaining with how inflammatory they're being and, like, people who actually believe those things? And, like, how right. do you even know the difference anymore? I honestly, um, when I first started listening to Ben Shapiro, I thought that it was a joke and that he was just trolling. And then I realized he wasn't and I got a little concerned. <laughs> I know that he denounced this, but didn't he wrote, like write an article saying how how it's completely okay that that Palestinian civilians die in the Middle East? Oh, and, isn't he very very pro, pro Israel? I know that he denounced it, but like yeah, I think it's a little concerning. Yeah. So what's interesting actually is I and I was I was reading up on this today. Um, Jews now, and and especially you know rich Jews Watch are now now. starting to 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 donate more to the democrat party than they are to the republicans oh yeah um, and i think that's very interesting all, and I and i think I that it's, no i'm pretty sure they donated to republicans for a while because they were majority pro-israel and pro giving a lot of money to israel and we saw that with like the last three presidents all going to israel and wearing the what is it the yarmulke yeah, yeah, and yeah. like and like touching the wall and you know like doing <laughs> the prayer and stuff like that because they have to they have to appeal to that because there's a lot of jewish billionaires and now they're disproportionately voting Democrat. And I remember growing up, and I, I had this really, really close Jewish friend, and his and his mom explained that like whenever there were tensions, Israel versus Palestine, but just Israel versus the Middle East in general, they would like a bunch of Jews would fly back to Israel. And I don't know if that's true or not, but she that's the way she explained it, it to me. Her like I thick, thick Jewish... Israelite I... accent. And like yeah. now, I think that it's it's becoming a lot more so, especially with the new generation of Jewish people in America, that they don't support Israel. And what was it? I'm pretty sure it was a story of, like, the kid who threw a rock at the border and got a bullet in his head or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I almost said funny. It's not funny. Yeah. I was like, it's not funny! It's a really fucked up situation over there because um, it's hard to... It's hard to look at the U.S. and, like, how people defend the U.S. and, like, oh, our borders, like, we have to have a border wall. And then the same people will say... Oh, but we can't. Uh, like Israel shouldn't be able to like do what they want to do. And I'm kind of like, let them just fucking do what they want. Can we just exactly. stop giving them billions? Like, can we just stop? Like, do we have like, to? Like... I feel like America gets so far involved in everything. Like, whenever their allies like get into anything, they're on that. And America's just like, all right, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this. And the other countries probably just like just leave us alone. I mean, I would be sick of it. If I was Israel right now, <laughs> Israel's oh cause like, you're Israel getting money. You're getting like so much out of this. You're getting That's so much. Like, yeah, they get a ton. They get. I mean, their military is propped up. Like they get so much military. Israeli military, more like the U.S. military. Real. I mean, well, they have yeah, yeah but like, themselves, but we give them a lot of uh, vehicles, planes, weapons, and just money to prop it up, but. This is kind of fucked up. On one hand, yeah, there is a lot to be said for like how much support America gives to like foreign nations when it comes to like military budgets. But you also have to realize that like, like imagine if that was America. Like, you don't just walk around and you just like see like foreign soldiers just walking around. Like, just imagine how demoralizing that is for like a member of another country to just be like, oh yeah, we're fucking cucked, and like that's just our life now. Yeah, like if you like German soldiers walking around or like. Even Russian, any type of any other country here, and they had bases on our soil. Russian sleeper agents. Off. We'd be pissed off. 
But, oh. but then if you bring up, I mean, I don't know how I would like to hear what Micah has to say on this, but oh. like, do you, do you think we should have bases in other countries? Oh, absolutely not. I'm a uh, very oh. isolationist. I th okay. I'm, I'm still for a strong military for the sole purpose of defense, but it should be nowhere else other than America. Agreed. Agreed. I've dealt with other authoritarian rights that are just like, well, then who will protect? Like, if we don't, if they're not, if we're not over there, they're going to. That's not our problem. That's theirs. Right. That's what I think. Like, we need to focus on our own country before we can go. Because we have our own problems in our own we have, nation like, right now. Michigan, and then, like, we also have Israel. It's getting, like, billions of dollars out of us. Right. Whoa, wait, 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 guys. If we look at the common thread here, you said Flint, Michigan, you said Israel. Wouldn't you know, if we just got rid of capitalism, it's just like all the problems would disappear. Nestle water yeah. fucked over Flint. It's all about money in the Middle East. So, like, just get rid of it all, and everyone can be or, happy. Or just, just get, stop, stop giving money to Israel and. I mean, just abolish money, money to begin with. <laughs> just, just abolish money. You're an extremist and you're lib left, so I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not, August. Oh, no, I'm absolutely 100% serious. <laughs> Stateless, moneyless, classless, pee pee poo poo. God, okay, man, I'm, I'm all for getting rid of the I'm government, so hard getting right rid of the, uh, the net, the uh, Federal Reserve, man. Get rid of the dollar. I don't give a shit. I mean, oh, I gosh, think I, I, I think crypto and gold is all you need, baby. Sorry, guys. I'll be trading, um, uh, children. No, oh. just children. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, lib, lib right. So, so what stops six-year-olds from being in coal mines and in Kapistan? Oh, I mean, there's a ton of reasons why. One is the parents not letting them do that. Number two right. is why would any corporation be like, hey, we use child labor? Like, well, excuse they wouldn't, they wouldn't me. That. I'm not going to buy your labor. product, you fucking assholes. Have you, <laughs> seen, have you seen Southeast Asia and all of the small children making clothes in factories that... Okay, but like... Okay, so like... So like Right yes, there are companies that do that, but there are also you also have to take into account the government. The government, and I'm not exactly sure that getting changing to a completely other form of system will prevent people from being corrupt and from doing things yeah. like that. And we see oh, that. Yeah, what is right, it? Right. How is it pronounced? Ogres about in or something like that. Oh, is, and we see that huge issue in northwestern China where we have. Oh no, I'm going to be assassinated for talking about this. Um, oh no, he killed himself by putting two bullets in the back of his head. Oh no. Um. No. So it's like they the ugger. Yeah, I'm just gonna say ugger. I don't know how, exactly how it's pronounced. Um, oh, yeah. I know what you mean. I have no yeah. idea. You, how um. The ugger population was like 80 to 90 percent northwestern China, and China just started encouraging all these people to go there from the rest of China because, of course, China has a bunch of different uh, the cultures. You have like Manchuria, and you have like the Shanghai area, and you have like hey. Tibetans and that sort of thing. And they're all going up there. And after, like, I think it was 30 to 40 years at least, that population percent went down to, like, 50. And those people were getting upset, so they retaliated. And then the government used that as a way to go send in the military. So now they were like, oh, well, these people are being riotous. we got to send people in. So then you had tanks on every corner. You had soldiers on every corner. You had military stations on every corner. And it was insane. And now they're taking those rioters, or even just Uggers in general, they are indoctrinating them in re-education camps. They are using prison labor. They're using, they can arrest you for pretty much any reason because it's China. I think that the difference that we're seeing between China and the US, or at least the US, a lot of US businesses that are doing that with like iPhones with suicide nets around the buildings, right? For people who are making oh, iPhones. Yeah. And it's uh, depressing as hell. And it is. 
And, um, sorry. And, uh, I lost my printer thought for a second. Is China isn't afraid to hide it. Yeah. They're, they're exactly. just straight up. Yeah. Yeah, we have prison labor. Yeah. The Balkans. And there's not, I don't, I feel like the U.S., at least companies are somewhat trying to hide it. But even then, we, we see, like, Wayfair. There's something comes yeah, out. There. People was... lose their minds. Yeah, okay, that's two weeks pass. It goes away. That's it. If you, if you look at, like, how the world marketplace is set up, you have, like, nations that are distinct. Like, their entire national identity is. So, like, for instance, in China, it's to produce. Like, you look at anything in America, you look at the tag, it says made in China. But then when you look at places like America, we're, like, we're where people come to buy things. Like, we're a, we're a consumption-based nation. But then when, you, like, uh, you brought up the Wayfair situation, that's something that's, like, distinctly associated with the upper class. Like, paying, like, thousands of dollars for sex slaves. Like, even as taboo as that is in our country, it's still something that's distinctly upper class and is still, like, directly tied to our national identity regardless of whether like the average person walking around the ground or like walking around would want to accept that as in like it doesn't really fall too far out of like our like the norm for us well what that means it's revolution time boys (laughs) (laughs) well you see that i mean you see all nations all the time go through different economic uh changes to go from where we we used to be a producing nation a huge manufacturing nation and we've changed now to a tech and service nation and then now you see China's gone through that. These uh, Southeast Asian countries be super manufacturing. They produce, I mean, they produce all the Nike shoes. They produce all the iPhones. They produce pretty much everything you can think everything. of. But I mean, you can usually see with capitalism a steady de- like decline of child labor. I mean, you can go look back at uh, even before the uh, the government and U.S. instituted the uh, child labor laws, you can see a steady decline over the years of child labor going down because everybody was getting better uh, wages and getting an increase uh, uh, in their wealth over time. And every time capital has been introduced in a country, the country has gotten better over the years. See, I feel like that's kind of a reductionist like look at labor in yeah. general. Because when you when you say like, oh yeah, it got better for the kids, but then like the second that they turn eighteen, now they're just like wage slaves, and that's just their entire life. Like when you look at like, uh, for instance, like islands in the Centralese over in India, and like other nations that are like t- like so far underdeveloped compared to like first world nations in America, they have like actual cults built around trying to replicate like first world technology like i've seen this before um i forget it was like it's something cult where like literally they like use remnants of technology that we just like left behind and they like try and like recreate these like air traffic control centers and like all these like planes landing and stuff like thinking that we're like gods and like that 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 mentality when it's like taken away from the setting of modern capitalism it's sort of scary like it's it's a cult but like no one wants to look at like their own lives and say oh i live in a cult like nobody wants to say oh yeah i worship work like nobody like thinks oh i wake up every day i i pray for eight hours which is basically like i go to work for eight hours then i come home and then i have the rest of my day for whatever sounds like you're spewing man propaganda and i think that's based as frick (laughs) but i'm saying like work has always been the only way I mean, it, it, without work, without you doing work, there is no economic system that that will function without work. 
And see, yeah, I would I would agree with that, but I would say that the labor is going into that, like the value of that labor is going to the wrong hands. Like everyone wants to say, like, oh, a six year old, a six year old uh, working is like, oh, that's so bad. But then if you were to say a six year old is so skilled and so like prepared for life that they know how to like do a certain skill set at six years old, everyone would applaud that. Like if if you if you had a six year old who could code. They'd be like, wow, that six-year-old's a fucking genius. But if you say, oh, a six-year-old just works in a, like, uh, he's being forced to code this for that, or for, like, a I website like or something. I would like to point out that, I, I, that my first example is that there was one word that was forced, and that's the biggest thing, is, like... Exactly. Yeah, not forced, yeah. but when I, when I was six years old, I wanted all that money. Like, exactly. I, so imagine if you actually got all that money instead of, like, oh, yeah, you code for, like, $10 an hour, and that's all you get. Meanwhile, you're producing, like, hundreds of dollars worth of labor for someone. Do you feel like if I had all that money as a kid, I just don't understand. If I had all that money, I would buy Wayfair cabinets. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay, okay. Let's t let's take it back. Just like we're up here. For like, legal reasons, that's a joke. Thank you. <laughs> For legal reasons, that is a joke. Yeah, yes. freedom of yeah. speech, guys. Guys, freedom of speech until it hurts someone else's feelings. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Libtard hurt his feelings. Oh. No. Oh my gosh, I get people, okay, in the same exact day, I got a group of people calling me a Nazi, and I got a group of people calling me a liberal. Dude, I got, I got, I'm a rad <laughs> centrist. I got, I, I got liberals calling me far right, and I got conservatives calling me socialist. Yeah, every day. You're a neoliberal, because there's center in your name. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of... There's a stigma. I agree with the idea of like, again, going back to what was that what August said of we're kind of seeing leftist being pulled away from the idea of liberal. I think that we're yeah. seeing centrism slash radical centrism. I think it's more radical centrism than centrism by itself. Get, kind of getting pulled away from the idea of neoconservatism and neoliberalism. And it's the same thing yeah. with anarchism. Anarchism, obviously, the word anarchy has some negative connotation to it, right? Yeah. It has a very negative connotation to it, but we're seeing that kind of negative connotation being pulled away from the idea of anarchy. And some people are like, well, it's called anarchy, but maybe there are some, some good ideas behind it. And I definitely think that there are some decent arguments about from anarchism. Um, but I like the idea of words being pulled away, and I think people are becoming much more politically literate. Um, and that's partially with the internet and the idea that people... Even back in 2015, before the explosion of 2016, the explosion of leftism and that sort of thing, people had the access to all the information humankind had built up over thousands of years at the tip, like on the tip of their fingers. And they were tweeting about something on Twitter. They were yeah, posting about like sandwiches that. on yeah, Instagram. I, I feel like the, um, the time of just labeling somebody, so like just saying, oh, you're a liberal, so that means you think this and now... You're a piece of shit. Like, I hope that time goes away where we start just hearing people say what they think and then refuting those opinions and exactly. not just saying you belong to this group. Straw man arguments are the best arguments. Says, and then you're stupid because you're part of Like, that's such a really dumb way to see the world and treat individuals. Exactly. And I really hope that ends because. If you look at, like, the pat, like, for instance, in, like, the Cold War era there was always like a clear distinction of capitalist versus communist but like if you were mm -hmm. to explain to someone today the entire like if you were just to explain to them what communism is and you were just never say the word communism 
nine, ten, nine times out of ten, you would get them on board with your idea. But how galvanized the idea is between like these false dichotomies that are set up between like competing nations. It's set up like generations ago, where like our grandparents were probably experiencing like all like the anti-communist propaganda yeah. being seen in the Cold War. But then like they don't know what that actually is, and they don't even know that they could agree with it until now that like we're slowly starting to get decent like like move farther and further away from that centralized idea of like what it means to be an American. We're able to experience those ideas in like a, a platform that's just like across the entire world. Yeah, yeah like growing up, I thought communism was like big, scary, bad. It is when and the government it, does lots of stuff. Yes. <laughs> it is when everyone equal, e equal yes. pay for everyone. And, uh, and then I like, I got to read into it more, and I was like, okay, the negative connotations associated with communism, I'm just gonna put that aside, just look into this, and then I did, and look where I am now. <laughs> right, and I think that the wrong side of history. There are two <laughs> things with with that sort of idea there i think that when it comes to like theology not only politics but theology and hobbies and that sort of thing you should be able to look into what you support or what you think gives you motivation and things like that like religion for instance i was a lutheran right and then i actually explored theology i explored um and i still explore theology i explored buddhism i explored catholicism i explored um islam and i found myself not being a Christian anymore. I find myself as a Buddhist, right? Because that's the ideas that I just accidentally opened Internet Explorer on my computer. But that is not only um, what I find that gives me motivation and gives me faith in life, but it also fits, uh, fits me best. And Micah said something when we were doing a sound check that was, I think faith should guide you, not you looking into faith and finding which one you agree with the most. And I thought that was an interesting premise. But um, I'm I think we're seeing that more with uh, politics is one you should look into everything before you find an opinion. And two, and this is going to be very, I guess, somewhat stereotypical of me to say, it's very lib left of me to say, I don't care what your opinion is, but I'm going, I may disagree with you, but I'm going to defend your right to the death to say it. And I don't remember who said that originally, <clears throat> but I still think that that's something should be supported. And I think that people yeah. are looking into other ideas more, but instead of saying, okay, let me look into other ideas more so I can not only defend you, right, but I can understand where you're coming from. It's more polarizing. It's more, let me look into what you believe so I can counter you better, and I can silence you. Yeah. And I absolutely, and I, that terrifies me. I think that it's the yeah, idea that of mobbing and, and censorship is ridiculous. We've seen that with um, big social media companies. Of, uh, so the whole point of libertarian and free speech was to say, listen, if we get all the opinions out in the, in the air, the good opinions will rise to the top, and the bad opinions will most likely be refuted and be put away. When you start silencing the bad opinions, the people that have those bad opinions will they be like, louder. something right because they don't want us to say it. And I think a bit, the bit, uh, whole social media silencing of different opinions has really been a huge negative upon where we're at in this country. So we're seeing like racist be silenced, which sounds like a great thing. But then when you think that, okay, now they're just going to be super pissed off and try to go somewhere else and instead of getting their opinions refuted they just become emboldened in their opinions exactly. right like we have they to start doing here. radical actions rather than uh start trying to talk their ideas through they start Absolutely. acting on them like yeah. we need to actually genuinely just like sit down and listen to these people and see where they're coming from because a lot of them have 
reasons for believing what they believe, whether it's the environment they grew up in or the people that they were exposed to. They all have their reasons, and we just need to sit down and rationalize and realize that all of these people have their own opinions, and that's okay. But we just need to be more accepting of that, because the more we push them back, the more they're going to push back at us. Yeah, and it's so hard because once you bring in racism, once you start talking about racism, I mean, the whole paradigm shifts, everybody gets super pissed off, it's really, really touchy. But unless we confront these issues without trying to silence the other side, nothing's going to come of it. We'll just silence people and then they're just going to fight back. The same as the, um, I mean, it, I guess it's all really started back in the 50s, the thing we were talking about with the communism against the capitalism in the 50s, where the government just literally went and tried to find communists, silence them or imprison them just for having different thoughts. Exactly. Okay. I don't think that we should have nukes pointed everywhere else. What was that? That sounds like communism. Okay, but like to get back to what um, you guys are just talking about, like how like there's no such thing as like a bad thought. I feel like that can be taken only so far because when that thought manifests in the like the direct suppression of one group or like one race like just because i oh this is my thought process is one group is better than another like it's really easy to sit from the armchair and be like oh yeah guys we can just accept all thoughts but like when those thoughts manifest in well i think this way so now your community is not receiving proper funding because like uh, like for instance like school systems they're based off of property taxes and when you look at like in the 70s um like minorities weren't allowed to get certain um home loans and since their their homes were not being like appraised at a certain value, they weren't receiving proper taxes to like be looped back into their schooling system. That all manifested off of an idea of segregation, and because that idea was allowed to be propagated and brought into the actual like political mainstream, people in like the inner cities were receiving significantly less like less of a quality of um, education, and that's just because those ideas were allowed to fester. So I feel like there's an interesting thing to be said about where we draw the line of, oh yeah, this idea is okay, and where do we stop it? I don't think it's all thoughts are equal. We're saying that all thoughts, I mean, if people have an opinion, we shouldn't just silence them because of the opinion they have. They should be able to talk, and we should be able to tell them what you're saying is wrong, but not just say Right. You can't say it at all. Shutting down someone instantly, and that plays into cancel culture, but also, obviously, if your opinion directly, I don't know what the word is, encroaches, steps infringes. upon, infringes is a really good word, uh, infringes uh, upon somebody else or another group, obviously there's an issue with it. And, and I'm not going, and I'm not, when I say that line that I said, I don't mean all ideas are okay. Obviously, I'm not okay with things like yeah. racism, right? I'm not. I feel like a lot of people aren't. Most people aren't. Barely anybody I, is. And, yeah, and, and idea. I feel like it's a lot of the older idea. people that we have in society that are that are feeling that way. I'm going to be completely honest with that opinion. I think that sitting down with them and talking out those ideas and helping them to get past them is better than instantly shutting them down, right? And we see that with cancel culture. And now we have and and as cancel culture moves, I feel like it's moving more to be pointed towards people who are more left. It was pointing at people who are yeah. very right, but now it's beginning to point at people who are left. Um, there's that meme that was like pe- a bunch of stick figures standing on a political spectrum and a bunch of a bunch of them had on the right side had had like I think they were shot in the head or something like that um, and then it was pointing at someone a little left and that's when they say cancel culture isn't okay 
And now we're seeing a lot of people on the left who are saying it's either okay, it's or it's either not okay, or they're just like AOC again. They're saying it doesn't exist. Which how the fuck do you? How the hell do you say cancel culture doesn't exist? Yeah, and it's a it's a super crazy thing because when you give someone the power, I mean, just give anybody the power to to stop somebody or to take away their jobs or do anything by just saying you're a racist. And then say, also, you can't just use that all the time. I mean, you're going to use their people are going to use the mob is going to use that power because once you have that power, it's almost impossible to take it away. And when they're out of someone on this side of the spectrum, they're going to go for people on the other side of the spectrum. It's it's just human nature to do that type of thing when they're given that type of power. As Uncle Ben once said, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm. When you look at like the communities that are most often using these, it's usually the most marginalized group. Or like whether it's like a race thing, whether it's a sexuality thing, whether it's just like a thought, like a like where you lean politically. These are the people who have been the most marginalized. Like they haven't been able to have their ideas truly represented. And then when they're actually given power over people who they've always seen as above them, it's almost like it, it's it's like a sort of like vengeance fantasy. Yeah. Thing. Right. And that's so great about this time is that with social media, everybody has a platform now. It's almost, I mean, no one can say that I don't have a voice anymore because everybody has a voice now. And so I think now would be the greatest time ever to have opinions come out and then be taken down because of not taken down through force, but taken down through just, hey, that opinion kind of sucks. Like these things don't make any sense. And then people would most likely stop with that opinion. Well, see, one could hope for that, but then there's always the fundamental breakdown of, like, what forms those opinions. Like, for instance, when I was on the right, like, I used to be, like, a hardcore lib-left, or not lib-left, lib-right, and I would have these, like, super intense, like, hours-long debates with my friends on, like, the left side of the political spectrum, and we would get through every single thing, but when it came down to, like, the actual economic issue that was at the center of the like what we were talking about it nine times out of ten came to a all right well you just think this way and i think that way and i feel like even no matter how much we talk about these ideas like yeah we're gonna get rid of like the big ones like oh it's not okay to kill people or oh it's not okay to discriminate against people like hopefully we get there but um (laughs) at the end of the day i feel like it's all we're gonna do is just discuss these ideas and people are gonna be like more aware of the actual like political spectrum and like how you can think about things, but I don't think that we're actually gonna see any like actual definitive best thought process on it. Right. As, as, as much and, as that sucks. And to that's say. we we need to also understand how to what extent do your ideas go, right? And I think that there is a very interesting statistic that brings up an interesting part of a conversation. So Millennials, right? When it comes to support of LGBTQ+, whatever acronyms they use, I've seen it a lot of different ways. I'm just going to say LGBT. So millennial support for LGBT, right? The percent of millennials that support it is around 77%. But for Gen Z, it's 50%. It's gone down. What? Yeah, it's gone down a lot. And I, and I saw that, and I think it absolutely makes sense because we're seeing something. And I've, I've said this my entire life. I don't give a shit if you're gay. I don't give a shit if you're black, woman, whatever. I don't care. I don't think it defines you. I, do, I judge you based on your character, right? Exactly. I don't judge you based on, right. on how you are. But 
I th and there, I have no problem with LGBT stuff happening. For instance, I don't think the government should have any involvement in marriage, right? I think marriage should be a completely private thing. I think what happens in the bedroom should be completely private. But I think kids shouldn't be involved. And we're seeing that with like 10-year-olds doing drag. We have and we have it at becoming a personality, and we have it being shoved down throats. And we see that with yeah. like I'm sure, in some social manner, Cole, you're not in in school anymore. I don't think, um, but for the rest of us, and Cole, you probably experienced this too. Um, there's got to be at least one person you know whose personality is based on being gay. Yeah, oh right, my gosh, and you have those people right. that are like, "I'm gay, I'm gay." Did you know I'm gay? I'm gay, and it's it's forced down your throat. And it, if whether it was being gay, being straight, being black, being white, being a man, being a woman, I don't care. I don't think that sh that should be part of your personality. I think having your personality based on one thing is ridiculous. And okay, well, okay. I don't think kids think, should be involved talk, either. As, I think it's, as we're all political grammars talking about. <laughs> right. I am right. <laughs> like I don't. Okay. Um, just think, to okay. Okay, sorry, I'll, I'll let you go on with your point, but I would like to address this when we, when we do get to a good point for that. Right. So I guess my point is the support has gone down with Gen Z, and it's surprising at first, but then when you, again, you see kids involved and you see people making it their personality and it's being shoved down your throat, I think you get that a it's huge backlash. An, I think it's kind of annoying. And I, and I yeah. definitely don't support the kids thing. You can make your personality being gay. That's fine. I just don't think I'm going to get along with you because I don't think you're an interesting right. person. Right? It's Let the same thing as if you made your personality based solely on fucking skating or tennis. One thing, that's all you that's all your personality oh, is based on. Then it's annoying. And I don't I'm not gonna probably get along with you. Imagine a person who bases their entire personality around tennis. Oh, oh yeah, I know guys like that. Oh no. That's that was, horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I was on the tennis team <laughs> sophomore year of high school. And I was the only straight white guy. It was hilarious. That actually surprises me because like. But then again, I'm in Northern California, so. Oh yeah. Okay, Most of the guys sense. were gay, and some of them were Asian, so. Yeah, fair enough. That sounds like California. <laughs> yeah, Northern California especially. So. What were you gonna All say, right, August? So, um. Okay, so like a lot of, or like something I heard you repeat a couple of times was like the idea of like, oh, I don't care if you're this, this, or that, or like all these different like things that de like basically deliberate someone as not being the status quo in America. I feel like if you look at someone like purely just as an individual, without any historical context of like what those like or those groups have been through like as a whole in America, it's just like, and this is gonna, I'm gonna sound like a complete SJW here, and I honestly I don't care. It, it's entirely reductionist uh, like it like it it makes being like the way things are now the status quo like when you completely throw away what those groups have had to go through just to be accepted and not like like f like for their ideas and like who they are to not be illegal or for them to not be considered property or for them to not be relegated to just one specific spot in america it's it's just you throw away all of that just because it's never really happened to your group i feel like it's really easy to look at another group and be like oh they're so annoying but like it, like when you were saying like oh uh like when you made an example of if someone were to base their entire personality around something that wasn't the things that you had listed like you mentioned tennis or skating you didn't mention being straight you didn't mention being white because those things are already the status quo and those things are already things that people are comfortable with seeing in society that it just it's not considered bad because it's already normal so that's that is a fair argument i will i will admit so 
I, I have something to add to that. There actually. is, there is, I think that's a fair argument. However, I'm not, yes. So I'm trying to frame my argument in a way that makes sense, I suppose. The idea is essentially behind my argument that don't make it, just be, just be yourself. Don't make exactly. it you. Don't make it you as a person. I'm biracial, right? I'm half white and I'm Native American, right? I'm half, I'm Dakota Sioux. Right, my mom, I my dad is like pale, uh, Sami Swedish, so it kind of balances out, and I'm like I look kind of like a regular white kid, um, but my sisters and my mom, and my mom's extended family all look very Native American, and I have been called a lot of things. I've been called race mixer. I've been called mixed blood, stuff like that. Right? I don't make that my personality. I don't make being Swedish my personality. I don't make being Native Native American my personality. If I was gay, I wouldn't make that my personality because I think that. I, as a person, should have more things like my hobbies, my interests, my languages, my passions, should all make up my character, right? The profession you want to go into. I want to go into criminal justice. That's part of my personality. I have a passion for politics. That's part of my personality. I like working with my hands. That's part of my personality, right? I do, I do think that being, like, if you want to wear gay pride stuff, go for it. I don't have a problem with that. Be hey. proud of yourself. But just yeah, don't make it I think, only uh, you. Don't make that only part of your personality. See, that's yeah, I think Alex is um, kind of saying sorry. this is a uh, difference between a personal kind of in a relationship stance of you saying, I get annoyed by this. And also there's also between a personal and a political stance too. So like your political stance is nobody should be, or I know mine is, nobody should be, everybody should be equal in terms of the government. Nobody should give him yeah. favor, but you'd be giving disfavor because, but personally I can have, you know, who I like, who I don't like, not saying I don't like anybody because of their race or anything like that, but just sometimes some things annoy me if people act a certain way or do something like that, I can have my preference, but on a political and a social level, everybody to me is the same and I can still understand where they came from, but I can still treat them as an equal. So. I don't know if that kind of goes against what you're saying. August. No, I th oh, I thought you were talking about me. Oh, so it, or uh, Alex, yeah, Alex, you both. Well, no, I think I agree with what you're saying. See, I would actually disagree. Is my thought process on it is um, no, okay. So I'm gonna be honest. I've heard this argument uh, said by reactionaries a lot, where it's like people on the conservative like to own the lib, just like uh, your personality type doesn't have to be I'm gay. Like I've heard that a lot. And when you look at who's propagating those ideas, you guys may be completely fine with gay. You may be completely fine with every race in the, under the sun. You may be the most accepted people in the world. But when you look at who propagates those ideas and why those key traits are look, uh, they're looked at negatively, like why wouldn't you look at someone who they never shut up about work? They're a complete workaholic. The the argue or like what you guys are saying here, it wasn't oh man, I hate people who never shut up about work or oh I hate people who never shut up about doing sports or stuff. It was I hate people who make being gay or being a minority their entire personality. Trait. I think I, Alex like, I don't hate it at all. Um, I think you can do it. To make one thing their whole life. I think it's one thing your whole life or your own personality is annoying. I don't hate it if i said i hate it then i apologize for that and it's totally i think it's every everything annoying and it's everything you could come up to me and you could be i love the color green do you want to know how much i love the color green this is it and i'm not 
I absolutely think there are people that exist like that because, and uh, maybe this is, maybe I'm in a more polarizing area because again, I live in Northern California. I live in like the most left place in the United States pretty much. Um, it's fucking annoying when, yeah, it's just annoying. I don't want to surround myself with people like that, but there are groups of people who want to surround themselves with other people like that. Go for it. I don't care. I just don't want to surround myself with people like that. And it's the whole thing of your personal preference okay, and August, your um, political August, so, you, you know how you said uh, that those types of people, let's say gays for now, um, how they had to have, uh, they have a history of trying to, being able to express their views. Uh, do you think that applies to, like, the generation that is in schools, like, in high schools? Um, like, I would say yes, because when you look at the TV that was on when we were kids, for instance, you look at the shows, they've always, like, if they're trying to be inclusive, they're particularly a liberal, I'm doing finger quotes here, a liberal show, uh, they have, like, that gay character who's either shamed um, at, like, family events or stuff like that, where they're shamed for being gay, and, like, the entire episode is them coming out, and that's seen as, like, a heartwarming story, if that is the story, or they have, like, that weird character who's almost, like, queer-baited as being gay or being like a different sexual orientation but it's seen as in a negative light so in order for it to be so positively represented in today like with like like what's going on now i feel like people should be allowed to make that something they're so vocal about because of how repressed it's been for so long it's like so, an opposite reaction to the uh, so it's kind of like saying we were super oppressed but now we're going to be super vocal about it we're just going to go the opposite way to kind of uh, balance these two sides. I'm guessing it's kind of how, how it happens. It's, it's sort of like a, a repressed culture would be like, once they're actually allowed to, all of a sudden you see people celebrating their culture freely. And I feel like that would go with like a majority of ideas in the, the marketplace of ideas. You know, like even though, like if someone was like super proud of like their grandpa who served in World War II or something, even if it's on the wrong side, I feel like regardless of what, like culture there has been repressed as long as it's they're celebrating it and they're not like propagating it in a harmful way it should be something that isn't seen as like a negative trait didn't you say earlier today that uh blood doesn't matter or like like what was the reason for that well see in that case uh like the from what i understood you were saying that um you were one ethnicity but you were more proud of a nationality and i feel like like the idea of like being proud of one in place of the other was sort of like that's a harmful idea because then you're trying to place them in like orders of like which one is superior and like which one is better and that in that case i would say they overall well, don't I, mean anything but well, i mean I, th I view as where i live um and like where i live the country um that you know i'm in america is uh i view that above as uh a country that I just simply have blood from because I don't know it. I don't really know much about that country. I just know, well, I have blood from it. Uh, but I support, I'm just saying, because I live in America, I am going to support that one better or more. I mean, that's a fairly logical conclusion for people who live in countries in the modern day to arrive at. But for you to explicitly say, hey, this country is better be by virtue of me being born there. Like, you got to admit that that's like fairly ignorant of the rest. I mean, of I, I, I have other reasons for viewing America to be well superior. I mean, and that's fine by virtue of your position on the political compass. I'm just saying, like, by my virtue of my position of the political compass, I would be apt to disagree. Obviously, yeah.
I kind of want to go and provide a little bit of insight to before what you were saying with like the personality and if I know we kind of veered away from that but I'd been kind of wanting to add in something if that's okay yeah that right? go for yeah. it okay perfect so this is something I don't talk about much but do have Asperger's syndrome and a lot I see a lot of people making their mental illness their personality and as somebody who has a developmental disorder I see that and think that's annoying you know and as like person in that position I can see both sides because on one side it's like not ashamed of who you are but then I'm seeing where I'm at and I'm not at all ashamed of who I am but just I can have that understanding of knowing when it's appropriate to express that and when it's not you know I feel like a lot of people don't really understand when they can say certain things around people when it's appropriate when it's not and a lot of people I think struggle with that and it ends up kind of coming off as this is their whole personality because they just don't either know what else to talk about or they I don't really know where I'm going with this anymore but I think you get the premise you get the premise right yeah see I feel like there's something to be said about when it's appropriate like I, I've, I associate this with like the wants versus needs things where it's sort of like you should be allowed to say it and no one should really like see you saying this as a negative thing however when it comes to social etiquette there yeah there's probably like a time where you shouldn't be talking about like your key personality trait but if like the main like if the core of what we're talking about is oh man this is inherently bad because this is something that defines them i feel like i, I don't know we should have a different perspective on that I don't think that he was saying that it was bad, it's just, it, it gets generally annoying to be around. It's exactly. annoying to be around, that's the point. Again, it's not bad. I don't give a shit. I'm just not going to surround myself with and people. And like, there's also a I think personal it's preference. Someone boring. else might not find it annoying. Yeah, I mean, some and that's, people, what, that's what... Other people that, I mean, if people, someone really likes tennis, and they meet another guy that super likes tennis, they're going to be great. Yeah. But like, And us, who, we really like politics. I know my wife doesn't give a shit about politics so if i start talking politics to her she's gonna be like i don't give a shit and she's also probably gonna find it annoying <laughs> right but, yeah like that's the same thing that doesn't mean that with, my uh, love oh, of politics yeah. is bad and my my uh my girlfriend's like I, I was making jokes that she was an eco-fascist and then she was like can you explain that to me and i explained it to her and she's like oh i might be an eco-fascist so that's funny <laughs> but but my girlfriend is like least. very not interested in politics either right she leans towards the democratic party she is a biden supporter uh, everybody yeah, all the extremists go <laughs> um, but like she i think that was pretty much just because she was like anti-trump i don't know who i should vote for for the democrats i'll just vote for biden move oh. on right she didn't really think about oh. it after that okay. um vote no kanye, if you vote yeah, for biden right. you'll split the kanye vote yeah um, no but, jorgensen baby let's go so like no i don't think it's bad i just don't think anything there should never be one thing that defines you as a person i think that it contend it makes you a boring person and, and i'm again, not going to I, I, I want to take it you. back to like also a, a political thing is saying again the 
government itself, or in my case, no government, but should <laughs> okay, any okay. individual or certain group a special privilege over another group? And this goes for, I mean, for years, we gave white people and straight people a very much advantage because we gave black people or gay people or any anybody different than white and straight a disadvantage. Well, now we see that Asian people are now at a disadvantage because of certain different types of things in the government. And all this is bad. And I think understanding where, like what has happened in the past, we can change that in the future and say, everybody should be treated equally in the eyes of the government. Well, see, I feel like that that's a good sentiment to have. But if you, like, for instance, if you were to start treating everyone equal, like, right now, the race starts now, everyone's equal, like, no matter where you're at right now, everyone just starts and they're equal. I well, feel boys, like even, we did it. We ended racism. Well, see, I was actually... Racism's illegal! <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's illegal. It would, it would just still be doing away with so much in the context of, like, what we've, like, where we're still at in this country. Like, you can still say, like, oh, yeah, just treat everyone equal, but, like you were saying, like, but people but it's, are already getting... It's the cycle of these people get treated better than this group hates that people, and so they kind of go... It, it's this cycle that happens over and over and over again where if one group gets treated special, another group is going to be envious of that group and try to take that group down, and they become that group, or even... And so... I'm saying if we make everybody equal, we have stopped the process. And yes, maybe some for a few years, it may not look amazing, but it is better as from a both a moral and ethical view and also from a political um, and social view whenever everybody in the United governments is equal and no one gets any more subsidies or different types of things for the government. It also goes into... I'm an anarchist, so I don't even believe in taxes, so I don't know even how people would... I mean, unless it was a voluntary government, which I'm fine with, I guess. Um, giving to the government so they can even give back to anybody else, any other group. Right. The well, moral of the story um, is that if you want to be equal, just endorse communism. And that mm. is... Guys, literally, communism is literally classless, guys. Don't What don't you understand? What do you, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> um, okay. Closing thoughts. Communi communism killed Look, everyone. Doris, communism. Uh, it's amazing. I'm too tired to really go off on that, but <laughs> let's all endorse it for the benefit of our future and the benefit of future generations. No, nah, I'm going to stick Amen. with neoliberalism. Okay, uh, Thank you. I, I have an actual closing statement, uh, and it, hey, it, it kind of goes. Actual closing statement. <laughs> Sorry, continue then. Well, no, you can go. You can go. Okay. It's fine. Not. Yeah, I'm um, not even. Okay. <laughs> um. So so going back to like how we started off with the um, with the, Chaz thing. Um. So I, I watched the live stream of when it first started, and within the first four hours, didn't it like run out of water? The they Chaz's. they got cut out of like water, and the power got shut off. Within four hours. Something Moral like that. of the story, anarchy doesn't work. End of the Based. end of the podcast. <laughs> um, closing statement from me. Uh, 
go become a dues-paying member of the IWW, the International Workers of the World. Unionize, 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 and uh, f fuck capitalism. Bye. Okay. All right. Uh, closing sentences. Um, thank you for tuning into the podcast. This is the extremist podcast. Thank you for getting closing sentence. Fuck no, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, this podcast, I know, I didn't even this get a episode, win. and episodes like it um, were brought to you by viewers like you. Um, feel free to thank support you. us by thank you. Uh, feel free to support us by following our uh, Instagram and joining our Discord. And participating in general discussions yeah. um we should be i had an idea um just the other day and i think i will be implementing this in future episodes um op taking a question at the end of each episode from a viewer um and discussing it for maybe the last 15 minutes of the podcast um Ooh. we'll see depends on what times we record right now we're recording at like 10 pst and i think there's only two of us that live in uh pacific time so it's midnight for some of these people so i'm gonna let them go yeah. um thank you for tuning in Watch out for the next episodes. I think I'll be uploading these on Thursdays, either Thursdays or Mondays. Um, you'll know at the time of release. And uh, keep a lookout for future episodes. Thank you for listening. <laughs>